Have you ever wondered about life's biggest questions? Like, why am I here? What happens when we die? Or what else is out there? Well, we have, and we love to talk about it. And if you're listening, we think you probably do too. I'm Robin. And I'm Karen. And we've spent our lives searching for those answers. And we're seekers just like you. We'll be talking to some of the most fascinating spiritual teachers, healers, and scientists and showing you how you can use some of their spiritual practices for yourself. We'll also be sharing stories of other seekers to motivate you to live your fullest life. And we'll be translating it all so the spiritual stuff won't feel so out there. So if you're curious, get ready to rediscover why we're here together. Today we have Stevie back. When we talked to her earlier in the year, we spoke about how 2020 was a year where we were going to see an evolutionary shift on our planet. You actually said, Stevie, that our current systems are going to be asked to crumble and die and that there would be a huge shakeup with the earth and politics and life as we know it. You also spoke about how more and more we'd see people standing up for what we believe in. And let's just say you couldn't have been more right. So true. Stevie, you've given us a few dates and overall themes that are worth repeating. But before we do that, we think it would be really interesting to look back at other pinnacle times in history to see what was going on from an astrological perspective. And by doing that, is there anything we can learn for right now? Any patterns or clues that can help us as we all move forward? We've all heard the term history repeats itself. And I know you said we're not fated to have things happen. But we have the opportunity at these uncertain times to make monumental change. So let's discuss. Should we start with pandemics? Should we just dive into that and talk about the Black Plague and the Spanish flu? And are there any similarities from an astrological perspective that are going on now that were also going on back then? I'm sure I bet other people have been asking you these types of questions. Yeah, it's, it's, well, thank you for having me. First of all, I'm so excited to be here and talk about this. I've really found a passion for like the research of astrology and like looking back this year. So Pluto and Jupiter have been dancing all year. They started in April and then the end of June and then again in November. So their influence is huge this year. And Pluto is really like our shadow work, death, rebirth, you know, the darkness and transformation. And Jupiter is expansion, right? He's the biggest planet in the solar system. He, whatever he touches, he's going to make it bigger. So when you put those two together, it literally equals pandemic or plague. Well, also other things, right? But in 1918, when Pluto and Jupiter were dancing in Cancer is when we saw the Spanish flu. And then 1771, when Pluto and, and Jupiter were dancing in Capricorn, we saw the Russian plague. The Black Death was 1347 when they were dancing in Aries. And then the last time they were dancing in Capricorn, which is what we have this year, was for the year 430, which there was a plague of Athens where up to 100,000 people passed away. So it's definitely a theme when these two dance together, things are blown out of, blown up. And, you know, death is something that we are like kind of right in front of our face, if that makes sense. Well, and how long are these aspects? Like how long, how long is the one that we're currently in with the two of them? And was it similar to what you're saying, let's say back in 400? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. So it lasts about a year because Jupiter like moves through one sign per year. So he kind of dances back and forth and planets go retrograde, meaning they just go back to a certain degree and then come back. So they hit a point like three times in one year, basically. It's a year. It's yeah. so crazy that you can really pinpoint 
these actual events in, in, in correlation with what's going on with the planets. I still am amazed by that. I have one more question regarding that aspect. And, you know, as you said, this is in Capricorn, right? So you said Pluto and Jupiter in Capricorn versus let's say Pluto and Jupiter in Aries. What would you say makes, is it worse, better? Is there, is there something there to talk about in terms of what that means? Yeah, that is such a good question too. Yes, because Jupiter wants to expand and Capricorn wants to constrict. So when you bring a planet in and then Pluto, you know, is like, let's just blow it all up and destroy it and be completely reborn and rise again like the phoenix. So when you have that happen, you have this planet that's like trying so hard to expand itself, but it's being really constricted and being asked in Capricorn, use your resources. And it's just super earthy. So like you're going to see money and economy and all kinds of other things be affected by this. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just frustrating too. Like people are just feeling squeezed, you know, yes. to their max. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we really are feeling... Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know I'm, I'm feeling it. Stevie, what do you tell people when they ask you specifically to their own experiences? Like how does one combat such strong energy in their day to day? It's just essential to spend time like going within alone and meditation, like nature, grounding yourself, like any way you can really, I mean, in 2020, if you haven't seen or haven't been shown that you have to take care of yourself, like you have to take care of your needs, then you're not, you're not going to survive. It's just like essential this year when we feel this like super constricted energy and everything's crumbling around us. And, and there's so much unknown. I keep thinking about the frozen two movie. I feel like it's the movie of the year. I know it's so silly, but like, it's such a woke movie. You guys watch yes. that? Oh <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Embracing the unknown while also yeah. taking care of yourself. Like we just have to. And I know, Stevie, we talked last time we were together a lot about Pluto and Pluto return. Can you talk a little bit about about that and how that's impacting us now? And it was happening after the American Revolution and the birth of the United States, which was celebrated July 4th, and that was in 1776. So what does that mean for now? Yeah, when you go back and look at the birth of the United States birth chart, because every event is also a birth chart, like every business is a birth chart. Mm -hmm. So what we saw was Pluto was at 27 degrees Capricorn. And this year, he's dancing between 23 and 24. So for example, when Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008, we saw the economy crash right? Like that was like, we had that crumble of the housing market. Um, and that was kind of like, this is the first glimpse of Pluto of Pluto and Capricorn. So what what's going on is we're having, like, I like to call it like the great reckoning, like everything that we were founded on, and even like the lies, right? Because even in school, if you really look back to even look at like what the Civil War was or anything like that, you're going to realize that we weren't taught the whole truth. So right now, Pluto is coming back to the place where he was the moment that the United States was born and really asking us to like, hey, think about what the foundations were that you built this country on. And you need to be you need to reckon with them. I mean, and we're totally seeing that. And that's going to continue. I mean, so Pluto hits 27 degrees and comes right back to the exact degree in 2024. So we're talking about, we're going to be reckoning for, we have been reckoning since 2008, but it's just getting closer and closer. Is that tip? Is that normal? Like, is that's a great question. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, is that typical, I should say for Pluto or for yes. So Pluto is the farthest planet from, from us on earth. And so he moves the slowest from our view. He only moves like one to two degrees a year. So his transits are slow and that's why they're so intense. Cause they're just like these super drawn out transits that we, even that we have personally, 
And now we're experiencing it all as the collective. So it's intense for sure. Wow. Should we look at the beginning back at the Civil War as well, back in uh, the 1860s? I feel like there's so much of that going on right now. Uh, Are there any correlations from an astrology perspective there? I think it was what, April 12th, 1861, I looked up that chart too, just to kind of study it and kind of get an idea, like what were the energies going on during that time? We had Neptune and Pisces, which is the same as we have now. So that is a similarity. It's, it was a time where like, even the, the, the first battle of the civil war was when Uranus and Mars came together. And that's kind of like taking an earthquake and like shooting it with some sort of energy fire. That makes sense. It's like activation of this, this, um, eruption or crazy change energy at the same time, which makes a lot of sense. And we actually have that same thing going on in January of 2021, we which do. is a whole other topic. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, yeah, I know. I know. It really, I mean, what, it, what 2020 has taught me, if nothing else, is that we are in the very seed planting stages of this. Like, we have to get over. When is this going to be over? When are we going to go back to normal? Like, it's not. We're not. No. Literally and, not. and you really did state that when we talked earlier in the year, before any of us knew what really was going to transpire. And it's just unbelievable. It just, it, you know, I think it's such a shift as we, yeah. as you, you know, it's such a shift. It's a shift for us older folk, but I keep thinking about the younger ones who don't know this as anything but normal for them, right? Yeah. And how do they address their lives and moving forward with all of this crazy going on around? Yeah. You know, I think that's the hardest, hardest thing for them to deal with, which is why I'm so glad you're doing so many charts of younger people. <laughs> well, and the thing is too, like when I look at their charts, like millennials and, and on Gen Z, I think it's super fascinating. Maybe you should do a talk about the generation sometime because it's so interesting. But because the generations are like when Pluto moved into a sign, that's like literally astrologically, you can see them clear, clear as day. But those generations have such interesting, like they were built for this. Just like, you know, how we feel like our souls were built for this. Like we've been doing all this work for so many years to like now stand in it and and help this awakening happen. They are as well. I mean, they all have these things like the the generation, like my daughter, who's four, she has Pluto and Capricorn, which they are built to create the new structures. So like when they are in, you know, their late teens and 20s, they have all that it takes to like actually rebuild with this earth energy, like the new. So it gives me hope. And even there's a there's a group of people that were born in the early 90s that have Uranus and Neptune together. And that's some that's like a, a chunk of people that want to change humanity deeply in the most unique way, like just no, not a way that we've seen for really like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And they have this, they have this quality in them. Yeah. Going back to Neptune and Pisces, what does Neptune represent and, Pi- and Pisces? Cause I know we mentioned like the, what they are, but we didn't talk about what they're, what it really means. Yeah. So Neptune and Pisces, Neptune is ruled by Pisces. So it's like very similar energy. Neptune in Pisces comes home to its, his home. And so, and Neptune is like, there's a lower and higher octave. He's the martyr, you know, at a lower vibration or a lower energy. And he's the mystic when we actually like stand in our truth, which are, you know, crazy different energies. Neptune really wants to dissolve boundaries away. He's a, the dissolver of things. And he's also the energy that makes us feel complete and total universal love with each other. Wow. Um, he also well, and you, when you media, see that with civil war. Yes. 
that's really profound. Yeah. He, he literally can dissolve, like people go through a Neptune square in their, I believe in their late thirties. And it's when our world dissolves away, like completely. And that, that is different for everybody, depending on when you were born, but we all go through this Neptune square where he literally like almost, it's almost confusing and foggy because he can be that like that as well, where we're like, what? I can't see what the heck is going on. But then you, re- when you come out of the fog, you realize like a piece is dissolved to create space for the new, maybe at a higher level of like heart centeredness, you know, because really Pisces is so compassionate as is Neptune. And what about Uranus and Taurus? Yeah. yeah. Talk about Uranus and Taurus as well. So that started in 2018 and it goes all the way to 2026. So it's again, it's an outer planet. So it takes a really long time to get through the signs. Uranus is lightning bolt, earthquake, change, revolution. Um, Technology advances. You know, if you think about the age of Aquarius, Uranus would be like the leader of that. And Taurus is the the slowest, most stable, grounded, sensual energy that there is. The, The literal material world, Mother Earth, Gaia is Taurus. And so when you bring in this like shocking wave and the Taurus energy together, you see, um, and we're going to see more of this, right? Like more of the earth speaking out, like this is not sustainable. This isn't going to work. The benefit would be like technology that would help save her. It's mm-hmm. just because Uranus is like this planet of freedom. He can be rebellious, but he also is like asking us to, to live in our most authentic truth. And with that comes these brilliant ideas. Like Uranus is the genius and Taurus is the earth. So it's like putting those two energies together. When did we see that aspect in history? Yeah. So the last time Uranus was in Taurus was 1934 to 1941. And if you go back in history, I mean, this is such a revolutionary time, right? We have the Great Depression, the Social Social Security Act was was enacted. We saw oil discovered in Saudi Arabia. And again, Taurus is like the earth elements, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have discovery of them and also World War II. Yeah. So yeah crazy time for history. Oh, I just have the chills. Like, yeah. I, you know, as you were talking to, I was wish I almost wish you could just do like a, a round table with the planets being represented, <laughs> right? Like they could all have their own voice and personality. Yes. So we could get to understand, okay, guys, what are you, what are you doing? And how are you seeing yes. us today? Cause the, the way you talk about them, Stevie, I just love, it's like they have real personalities. They do. And they're our guides. Like they totally are that. I love to think about them in that way. I think it's so helpful to like embody them, you know? It's also helping us learn too. Yeah. You know, so they're not just these things we learned about in grade school. Yeah. Up there far away that they really have relevant personalities that affect us every day in different ways. Well, I know a big question everybody has right now is November and the elections. Can you look at that November 3rd, 2020 date and give us any insights on maybe what we can expect or what might be likely happening around that time frame. Yeah. And is there anything leading up to it from now until then that we should be aware of? Yeah. So we're just coming off of eclipse season. You know, we had three eclipses, bam, bam, bam. And we felt them. I think yes. we all felt them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we felt them. <laughs> very intense. Very, very, very intense. And what I want to stress here is that the North Node, which is the direction that society and self is moving towards in order for enlightenment or in order to be more connected with your truth has moved into Gemini. And so what that means is it is so, so, so very important that we stay open to each other 
and that we don't shame each other for asking questions and we allow each other to stay curious. And the south node, which is like what we're letting go of, is in Sagittarius, which is philosophy and belief systems. So we are being asked to like upgrade by staying curious and looking at facts. And so that's what I want to stress the most. Like in this whole election is if you can stay in curiosity and not be so attached to like what you believe in, And I feel like for myself, it's like the thing that I've learned the most this year is like, wait a minute, I can change my mind when I'm presented with new information with also the idea of it could keep changing and changing and changing because we don't actually know, right? There's a lot of fog from, from Neptune. We don't really know what the heck is going on. Election day chart is very, very messy. In September, (laughs) I know in September we have Mars going retrograde in Aries and Mars is ruled by Aries and that energy is just a lot of physical fire. So if you think the most driven, energetic energy we have, that would be Mars. And when we are retrograding, we're asked to go backwards with our drive even. Like, let's go revisit some things and where we, what, what we're driven towards and why we're driven towards those things. And really, if you want to sum up 2020 in a nutshell, besides the systems crumbling, it's also we're, we're revisiting all kinds of things. Like we're being asked to go backwards and relook at every aspect of our life, our society, um, in order to make way for the new. And so the second half of 2020 is literally revisiting what what we did in the first half with a different lens, if that makes sense. Wow. That is really an interesting way to put it. Okay, keep going. But like, can I I just ask though, does that mean, does that any indicator about the pandemic at all? For sure. Okay. I, I have my own biases. And so take everything I say with a grain of salt, no matter what you do. I think that's also important with the North Node being in Gemini. It's like, you don't have to take anybody's truth. You have to spend time going in and finding your own, right? So Jupiter and, and Pluto are going to be revisiting November 12th, right? Just after the election. And their energies felt for all of the year, but there's these peaks. We're in a peak right now. Then we're going to have them separate just a smidge and they're going to come back during the election. So yes, we're going to be revisiting the pandemic, but it's going to be different. That's my guess. Um, my educated astrological guess is it's going to be different. People are going to see it differently. More truth is going to come to the surface around like the higher powers, the structures, the systems, the government. I'm hoping for it, honestly, because I, I hope that the more truth that we have as a society, the easier this will be to change ourselves. Some of us are so rooted in the past that we can't, we're so stuck on things are going to not, things are going to go back to normal, right? And I know we've said that so many times, but it's not. This is the seed planting stage of something, yeah. a brand new age, the age of Aquarius. So going back to the election day, Mercury will have been retrograde the few weeks prior to that, again, which is... Um, what's going on right now. And the day the election happens, Mercury is stationing. And all that means astrologically is that the speeds of Mercury have now slowed down so much that we feel the effects through our communication, our technology. I mean, Mercury is how we speak to each other, how we learn, how we communicate. And it's literally technology. So the speeds of Mercury are slowed way down. which honestly means tons of technical difficulties. Anything with technology and voting. I'm freaking out that you said I'm freaking out that you said that. I'm just I'm absorbing what you're saying. Okay. I mean, when you, when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's going to be intense. Like lots of miscommunication, lots of just issues. Like, and, and Mercury will be in Libra, which is the, the sign that sees both sides of the story. 
which in some ways is helpful, but it's also the most indecisive placement. We don't see like this decisive action. Mars is retrograde moving backwards, squaring all this authority and politics and government. So we have this anger, like it's going to be angry. It's going to be messy. I know I'm not painting a pretty picture, but it's not pretty. Like it's just not. And it's required of us to then break down these structures and systems. And the one thing I've been thinking about is how the heck are we going to, in this time frame? And I know it's not all going to happen in 2020, but how are we going to break down the structures and systems right now? Like what's going to happen? Something is still going to happen. Mark my words to break this stuff down. And I think it's going to be sort of shocking. Do you think it's financial or do you think it's political? It's all of the above. And I think that we're starting to kind of question the powers that be, like not just the president. I have so much to say on this topic. It's like, I get so <laughs> passionate about it. So if, if you like shame somebody for asking a question, hey, who is running that? And I'm not going to go and do what they tell me to do. Like, I'm going to start asking questions. Like, this is what we have to do without being so attached to like, this is my belief because that's so ego. Like, we're so in our ego that we're like, oh, well, you believe, clear. you know? I mean, that's it's clear. so clear. Yeah. It's, and that, that ego does not let you like peel away your beliefs that no longer serve you. And we have to, if we yeah. want to like come into this great awakening that's happening. We have right, to. Because it's like people are so caught up with being right. Yes. We have to let go of being right. Yes. About as you, it's being curious and being open and what's yeah. the best outcome for most people or, right. you know, I mean, it's, it's really thinking about things differently and you yeah. can't be attached to being right. Yes. There is no right. There's no yeah. right or wrong. It's, it's so like, true. You know, we have to figure it out together. Yes. And that's the thing. Like, that's a very spiritual perspective, I think, to think about it in that way. It's like non-attachment. Well, so many of us are all, there, many of us are also taught not to question. Yes authority, right? And I'm hoping that this younger generation that's coming through and all of these issues now that are being raised are allowing people to ask those questions. Yeah. To why? Why? Ultimately, we should be asking questions because we want a better world. And the one that we have right now in this first cycle is just not working at all. And when I look at Trump's chart, because I, th- I find that- I was going to ask you. Yeah. Trump's chart is super fascinating. And I'm looking at a chart, not a person, right? I am looking at at what I'm seeing from the stars, non-attachment to as much as I can possibly not be attached to anything that I'm hearing or reading or seeing. I'm looking at a chart. So he is having his nodal return at the time of the election. And that means that this is so, so, so karmic. 2020 is the most karmic year for Donald Trump ever. So Trump has a sun and Uranus in Gemini at the top of his chart. What that means is he is here to lead people in a unique way. He is here to be a loose cannon. He is here to shake shit up. Pardon my French. <laughs> I mean, wow. he really, Please. he truly, truly is. And he, he has a son in Gemini with a North Node right next to it. So his life purpose is to do all of those things, right? Like he is living his, his soul's contract by doing that. And the nodal return is highlighting all of that stuff. And then there's also something else on December 14th of this year, we have an eclipse and Trump was born during an eclipse, which is super fascinating because eclipse are like omens. They're these ancient portals almost. And he was born during that time. He gets eclipsed on December 14th. Trump's moon is eclipsed. You know what it makes me think? I feel like when you talk about November 3rd with Mercury where it is, and you talk about Trump, and you know, and everything that's going into the election itself. I wonder if there's all of these breakdowns. We don't have any sort of outcome on November 3rd or even yeah. November 4th. 
but something on December 14th happened. That's what I think so too. And I think looking at Trump's chart, I feel like the election itself is going to be super messy and a lot of maybe revolting or then maybe this is where more people get really angry because of course, like people are so rooted in their hate or like of him. I mean, it's deep. Jupiter and Pluto are asking us to zoom out and come from this observation place where we can see the shadows and the lights because they're both there and they're going to continue to come up to the surface. Well, and the question is, can, how do we, you know, rebuild in a way that is in truth, right? Yeah. Like where we're, we actually, because it's like from a political perspective, it just, it, it's, it's so ego driven. It's so becomes almost this personal for that, for that candidate. And then it's really not about humanity. And we know that there are good people and good people want to serve, right? We know that, but yet they get drowned out Mm -hmm. by, you know, people with personal agendas. Yes. The Saturn Jupiter December transit that happens is really, it's almost like the destruction of the structures and systems completely. And I am so curious, how are we going to get there? And I feel like it's, it's going to be kind of shocking. Like, because how do you break down structures that have, have been built up for 200 years when people, like you said, are so rooted in their ego or so rooted in what they believe? I know that you had mentioned when we've talked previously, you've mentioned the date of December 21st and as the great awakening, how does that play into what you're talking about now? So Saturn would be our structures and systems and he's like the bones of something. He's the foundation of things. He's the, the work and the discipline. And, and Jupiter is our expansion and truly like how we expand our minds, expands our beliefs. And so when they come together, it's like, how do we take our dreams and make them a reality? That would be the two energies coming together. And they've been coming together in earth signs. And I know we talked about this in the, um, one of the videos we did. They've co- been coming together in earth signs for 200 years. And this is the first time they're coming together in an air sign at zero degrees Aquarius on the winter solstice or summer solstice. So this is a really powerful point where the sun like changes, like almost stands still. And in astrology, zero degrees in, in a sign is just, it's like a new beginning. There's a lot of discussion in the astrological community about when the age of Aquarius actually starting. And some people say it already has, and some people say it's coming. And I've been researching that. And there was a few astrologers that did some calculating and they're saying it's in 2034. So we're coming into the age of Aquarius, which is thousands and thousands of years, ages. Like the Egyptian times was the age of Taurus, right? And the the age of Christ was the Pisces. And we're coming out of the age of Christ age or the age of Pisces. And we're coming into the age of Aquarius, which is technology, artificial intelligence, all kinds of revolution, humanity. And the the beautiful side of Aquarius is we're all going to come together in community take care of each other's needs in a really unique way and use technology to help us and to help the planet. And the downside of Aquarius is sort of narcissistic control of the masses, like maybe through artificial intelligence or so much technology that then we become scared and controlled by it. We're going into this doorway of the great awakening. And I think, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen it. How many people are being woken up right now just to even what does life mean this, there's something greater than just the everyday. Yeah, this, that's what this is born out of. Exactly, know? exactly. Yeah. And and the 200 year of Saturn and Jupiter coming together in Earth signs created the Industrial Revolution and materialistic priority. Like we have prioritized materialism and money and economy for the last 200 years. It's incredibly obvious, right? And so right. now our priority completely changes, but we have to let go of not all of it, 
but a, a, a large amount of it in order to move into this space where our, we can be more awake. So the December 21st, one more time, just for those of us who are looking for that glimmer of hope that we're going to actually walk through a door and, and we have hope into next year. I mean, do you feel that that can be a, a, a point where we can start to look for more positivity to happen? Or do you think that it really is going to be this slow transition over time? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like there might be glimmers of it because by that time, I'm hoping that enough truth comes out that we're kind of able to clear the fog a bit and kind of figure out like what's going on and who's at play and what do we need and what don't we need. But it's still like the baby seed is still being planted. So, and and even if that calculation of 2034 is correct, I mean, we're not, we're not even there yet, right? I mean, this is like thousands of years cycle and us just, just barely like letting go. So big picture, I think we have a lot of work to do, honestly, but I'm hoping that maybe we'll have more clarity at the end of the year, at least. Well, and then you were talking about that January is another is going to bring about a lot more of this breakdown. Yeah, it's so interesting. So January, this is totally off. I mean, you don't have to put this in, but I just wanted to share it with you. I think it was Jenna or Irene sent me something. They're like, there's these two dudes on TikTok and they say they're from the future. And at at this point, I'm like, sure. Sure. Like, what the (laughs) fuck? Right? Like, I mean, like, okay. You're, you, that's, you're from the future. You're an alien. Like, I've, maybe there are aliens living here at this point. We I, have no idea, right? Believe. Yeah. So they say that, and then they keep saying this date. And I believe it's January 12th or the 21st. But whatever the new moon in Capricorn is in January is when they say the economy crashes, like for real, or something big shifts with money. And that would be... And then I think it was Jenna. She's like, look up the astrology of this. I was just so curious, like, what goes down this day? And I was like, interesting, because remember when the Civil War, the Mars, and Uranus came together, that is the same thing that goes down in January. And it's the new moon in Capricorn, which is the new seed of the structures crumbling. So it could totally be a day where we're like, uh... Could be economic or political, like you were saying. Yes, or both. And I think they're both, they're all tied in together, right? So, but yeah, that's just, I mean... and maybe in the beginning of the year, I'm like, well, let's just wait until 2021 and we'll be able to breathe again. And I'm like, I don't know, because we also have a really Saturn and Uranus are squaring each other all year, which is not pretty. Like it's not as tumultuous as 2020, but it's not this like ease at all. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, we have a lot to think about, but I, I, I do think this, even though this sounds a little daunting in, in places, I always think that having the information is just so helpful. Yes, um, 100%. And I, I feel like I don't like to subscribe to the astrology that's doomsday or even like Mercury retrograde. Everything's terrible. Like, yeah, things yeah. could definitely break down, right? But you are still being asked by your guides, which are the planets, to revisit something. And this is all for our greater good, mm-hmm. even if it's tumultuous. Still like having that big picture lens and having some hope and staying as much as in your light and your truth as you can, I think is going to really help everyone, including yourself. That reminds me that while we were talking before, one of the things I was going to ask you, I just was curious about fear and where that plays a role in everything. Yes, that is such a good question. So Saturn in Capricorn is going to bring up scarcity mentality and constriction and Saturn is fear. 
Like if you're going to just like break it straight down, Saturn can be very fearful because he makes us feel like we're not doing enough. And then you have Pisces and Neptune causing confusion. You have the Piscean Neptune preaching fear constantly and Saturn's energy already feels that way. So we just feed right into it. And so fear, division, scarcity mentality, all of it is very much 2020. Like, and, and, and so really what we're shedding. Like, Yeah. And so Saturn is a part, where is Saturn in these next six months? Like where, yeah. especially in November, let's yeah. say. So Saturn is at the very end degrees of Capricorn in November before he moves with Jupiter to that zero degree Aquarius point in December. So, and, and 29 degrees in astrology is a critical kind of like frantic energy because it's trying to, to finish up everything it's done. This is the last time Saturn's going to be in Capricorn for quite some time. And so there's this like, okay, we got to figure it all out and clean it all up. And so it's also adding to the election energy of just like franticness. And then he shifts into Aquarius on that December 21st point when they come together. So still a lot of like, that's, that's something that we have to really be aware of is the fear and that that people ahead or higher up are using it to control us again saturn and capricorn being controlled by fear would be a theme yeah and that's why and i always just thinking in general it's like because people get caught up in fear they're creating it they're hearing it yeah then they're not as open right yes. so it's like how totally. do we get that kind of control over our own fears mm. so that we can be more open and not yeah. holding on to certain beliefs that we are being told yes know? totally that's like such a good way to think about it like from that big picture lens and i think spending as much time in meditation and love and as as we possibly can will help us realize like zoom out and kind of rise above the fear yes yeah. And I think if we can think about, again, we always talk about this, but that we are these souls within this body and we have to remember and, you know, love is the highest frequency. So if we can come back to that and yes, we are living a human experience. So, yes. and we are here and you always validate this every single time we talk to you, but we are all here for a reason right now on this planet as a human. Yes. So there's, there's all of that, but then coming back to that core. Well, and that's, that's such a, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, that that's such a, um, a beautiful sentiment because really the great awakening is remembering all we're, we're not, we don't have to do anything. All we have to do is remember us from a soul level because we've forgotten in this earthy age that it's, that the priority should not be materialism, you know, because it makes us fight. It makes us greedy and makes us fearful. So like the re, the remembering of the divine feminine, that is what's going on. Like the divine feminine is rising up, which, which doesn't necessarily mean woman or man. It means feminine energy, which is truly receiving receiving and trusting and loving like so if we're able to stay in that divine feminine you know that yin energy it definitely is helpful this experience has really helped and hopefully it's helping other people as well to just start thinking along those well lines. and to and to really look back at history mm -hmm. ah. and see how these same aspects from an astrological perspective played out then and what can we learn now yep. you know because we see as we said at the top of this that History does repeat itself, but we have these opportunities to do things somewhat differently. So it's really important to look back in order to go forward. That really ties it well together. Robin. It does. Good job. <laughs> well, I love you guys. And really to more conversations. Love you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to do this. And it's oh. so fun to have a platform to talk about it because I feel so passionate about it. Bye. Bye.